you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin on the C. Joining me uh, is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello. It feels like such a long time since we last spoke, but I think I guess it's because we you know recorded on Wednesday, two weeks ago. So yeah. this is probably the longest we've gone between. It's the longest we've gone without talking to each other for. Uh, well, I know that's for, not true for years, Zijan. That's definitely not true. <laughs> it's not true because every now and again you like, no, I'm not doing this episode. Find someone else, and I. Uh, <laughs> Or sometimes, I, sometimes I say, Zijan, I'm tired of talking to you. I'm going to find someone else. So yeah, that that, that happens as well. Yes, bit of both, bit of both. Um, but we're back because the Suicide Squad is in cinemas, and we want to talk about it. In fact, it's been in cinemas for two weeks uh, at least. But uh, better late than never. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. There's a definite article before this one. There is. Uh, um, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> Suicide Squad, I believe, is available on Netflix to anyone who wants to watch a bad film. Uh, and The Suicide Squad is in cinemas as we speak. We're also talking a little bit about the films of Uma Thurman. We've got a quiz on the many, many films of Oliver Stone. I'm sure so many, Colin. I'm sure you're going to complain to me about that. Uh, and much, much more. much more. But we start, as we always do, with uh, movie news. And there seems to be a lot of movie news, Eugene. Yeah, there's quite a bit going on. Uh, I guess the most recent one uh, is that the release of Wenham has shifted again from its current September slot to mid-October, basically ruining our entire plan for this year, Colin, per yeah, usual. especially it's up in, up in smoke again. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very tentative push. It's like, what, what, two and a half weeks or three weeks or something? To be fair, and we're going to talk about this later as well, the Suicide Squad has not been performing well. Yeah, yeah, I think they absolutely want to get it released at a time when people are actually going to go to cinemas. And they don't have a streaming service, so they can't check it out. Uh, so Suicide Squad, as you say, is not performed well, but it has been out on HBO Max, I think, in, in the US, um, which obviously has an impact, whereas, yeah, there is no... There's some sort of Sony Netflix deal, isn't there? But they don't... I don't know how these things work, but there's no way they can make more or make enough money. Is they, they won't know anyway. Who knows what's going to happen in the next few months? So things change all the time now at this point. And... Um, more to the point, so no one really cares about the Venom 2 uh, release date. We're all thinking, what does this mean for Spider-Man, aren't we? Let's be honest. Yep, uh, and I guess Venom 2, in a way, is testing the water because they've got a huge hit on their hands. And I know it's shared with Mark, with Marvel, but uh, they've got a huge hit on their hands with Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And they absolutely don't want to release that at a time when it's not going to get a full audience. Oh. Well, we haven't forgiven, quite forgiven them yet for putting Malaysia on the wrong side of the road yet, right? So yeah, one of us feels more strongly about that than the other. But uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I, I don't know whether Andy Serkis is getting Malaysia to feature in Venom Two, but just to right those wrongs, maybe Thailand, Singapore, all these countries drive on the left, Japan. I need to tweet him. Do, do it I don't think he's on Twitter but, but maybe he is maybe he is um, I don't think you're on Twitter more to the point no <laughs> um, speaking of the MCU Scarlett Johansson uh, sued them this feels like it happened quite a long time ago but it was since we last recorded um, mm-hmm. because um, because of Black Widow uh, being released to streaming and cinemas apparently she had something on a contract saying it would just be cinemas uh, and she gets paid based on how well it does uh, and Disney have not taken this line down no. I quote, Sijan, I quote from a mm. Disney spokesperson uh, who has spoken exclusively to the CZ of movies uh, and to every other outlet. Um, there is no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, they then go ahead and 
re- reveal that she was paid $20 million um, for this film, which had, was, had not been uh, public knowledge previously. This is a weird way to, to respond, it's, isn't it? It really is. It's like they're trying to use the COVID ex- excuse to reneach on their contract, which you've signed. Basic, yeah, I mean, like, imagine if your employer does that to you, Colin. Yeah, they're Imagine like, they do we're, that. We're, 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 yes. we're paying you more now because of COVID. Um, who was it did that? Some newspaper did that. They just like gave everyone a ten percent pay cut because of COVID, and then they had to they got sued for it and they had to pay it all back. Uh, that's not my beloved employers, um, who are very nice. Uh, I, I can kind of understand them fighting this in court. I can, I can understand them saying, "Yeah, we've we've abided by the contract," and blah 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 blah. If they think they've got a case, but to come out with this this public statement, yeah. accusing her of callous disregard, I think this is not a company that is thinking they're going to be working with Scott Johansson again anytime yeah, soon. For for sure, that that's a very very poor statement. They really need mm. to like reconsider their public, yeah. the public image they're trying to put out there. Yeah, like because uh, even yeah. if she's not going to play. Um, Black Widow again. You'd think maybe she might want to do a Disney film again. I've just watched this evening again. Uh, we bought a zoo, a film that I love, despite the fact that it is utterly average. Uh, that's a Disney film. She was in Jungle Book. She was in Jungle Book, another Disney yeah. film. She voiced Car, so she did. And you think she, she, she burnt the bridges? Apparently, um, apparently Kevin Feige is not happy with the the Disney response uh, at all, which yeah. is understandable. But we'll see how this one goes. I don't think it's she's come back for what if. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Do they even get the real actors to voice the characters? And what if they don't? Right. Uh, so the the majority sure. of them they do. Uh, yeah. So um, it's going to be our last chance to hear Chadwick Boseman, for example. He's done it. So uh, oh, really? for anyone who oh. doesn't know, what, what if is a new animated series that's coming out on Disney Plus, where it's a look at the Marvel universe, but if things work out differently. So we've just had an episode where uh, Peggy Carter became Captain Carter, but that, yeah, it was voiced it was voiced by Haley Atwell. Um, Chris Evans didn't come back. They had someone doing a Chris Evans impression. I think Robert Downey Jr. has not come back either. But a lot of them have. Um, a lot, of, even the quite big names, have come mm. back. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Well, I need to check it out though. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Mm. Uh, what else? Uh, speaking about voicing, yeah. Idris Elba will be voicing Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog two. Yes, he will. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, the biggest film that came out last year in twenty twenty. <laughs> um, Is that twenty twenty? All right. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, uh, and it came out to surprising reviews. I think most people went in there uh, looking to hate this film, um, and I think it only got mixed reviews. Uh, yeah, which is pretty decent for a video game film. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I think when we may have talked on the podcast, I, I, I was expecting it to be better than it was based on the reviews. Uh, it's it skews very young. I think it's definitely a kids. I mean, not than I was expecting, but it, it was. It's very much a kids film with with very little to entertain adults. I think. Uh, I don't. Uh, know, I don't know who Knuckles is. Knuckles is a red echidna. What's is that? that? How you pronounce it? Oh, echidna. echidna. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Who is uh, Sonic's frenemy in the video games? Right. Uh, well, he was his nemesis in one of the first original video games, and then he became uh, allies after a while. So there. Yeah. Hmm. I'm familiar with Tails. Yep. Is Tails going to be in this. He's the fox with the multiple tails. Uh, I think he was. Been, I think he turned up in the post credits of Sonic actually. Well, see, yeah, I have no idea. I've not seen I the first so. film. I think so. You you think so? That they, they will appear. I mean, who else would they put in the films, right? I um, mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a Sonic expert, but you've, we've now exhausted every Sonic character I know. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, can you do a Mario crossover? Is that the same people? Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One is Sega, and the other is Nintendo. Cool. Yeah, what are the what are the Sega characters? Are there? 
Yeah, I don't Are there know. any? <laughs> <laughs> Not Mario. Isn't there something, something about ducks? Anyway, um, what have we got? Home Sweet Home Alone is coming to Disney Plus in November. It's the uh, the long-awaited fifth film, uh, or maybe sixth film, in the Home Alone franchise. Um, Where a little kid uh, basically tortures grown men. Uh, yeah, I guess presumably going to happen again. Um, Scott Johnson, of course, before uh, before everything went uh, downhill with Disney was in Home Alone 3, I think. Uh, it's coming to this most Ellie Kemper, Rob Delaney, Aisling B, whose name I can never quite pronounce, Ashling B, uh, and various others that I've not heard of. Uh, Ellie Kemper, cast. she's from uh, uh, The Office. The Office, um, Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt, yeah. And no doubt other things, yes. So I, um, the, the main kid is, I didn't bother writing down the name, to be honest. I don't know who that is, but so I get, I'm presuming Ellie Kemper's the mum. Oh. Uh, is it going to be held over Christmas as well? Uh, it is. That's why. Um, that's not why anything, but yes, it is. Um, the uh, judging by the pictures, where they all seem to be wearing Christmas garb. Ah, as you expect, uh, it can be a Home Alone film. You know, we're not being released during Christmas, right? So, um, actually, fun fact: <laughs> Home Alone Three is not set at Christmas. Is no. that fun? <laughs> No, not really. Um, only no, because one, no one talks about Home Alone three, do they? Uh, well, they do. They're talking about Scarlett Johansson, but also uh, it's a bit like Die Hard. Die Hard one and two set at Christmas. Die Hard three not set at Christmas. Mm. Home Alone and Die Hard have a lot in common. They do. Mm. They do. Uh, anyway, I've got Disney <laughs> Plus, so I'll probably watch it. Um, the new Wes Anderson film. Um, we've got a few more actors coming on board, apart from the usual Wes Anderson. Um, yeah. Yep. locals <laughs> Bill Murray Tilda Swinton Adrian Brody who are always there um, Tom Hanks will make his Wes Anderson debut mm. as well will Margot Robbie yeah and we don't know anything about this do we? no nothing I, I, I think it's only been filmed in Spain or set in Spain it's one or the other but uh, oh, yeah. that's all we know about it uh, I mean I'm the I mean, Wes Anderson's upcoming film, the is it The Grand Dispatch? Uh, the French Dispatch. The French Dispatch, yeah. That's that's the one that's been on hold for a long time now. I mean, it was due for release last year, end of last mm. year. Uh, and that's not been out yet. I have no idea when they've set, a, whether they've set a date for that yet. So, um, No, I was going to say, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that. I, don't th- yeah. I mean, Wes Anderson films have got a strong following, but they don't tend to do massive box office, I would have thought. No, oh. they won't. But I'll, I'll watch it anyway. I, I still like the Grand Budapest Hotel. If there's anything like that, then I will watch it. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite of his. Um, um, speaking of cast members being added to films, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is uh, being directed by Martin Scorsese and is uh, uniting Rob De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio for the first time, has got more cast members: uh, Brendan Fraser and John Lithgow. Um, Brendan Fraser Brendan, seems to have a slight renaissance going on. Yeah, yes, I was going to say he's like he's a resurgence. Um, mm. It's been a while. I did like Brendan Fraser in the is it nineties, early two thousands when yeah he was in George of the Jungle and the Mummy when he was a big action star. Yeah, I, yeah, I do enjoy him. So yeah, apparently a really nice guy and seems to have a strong following. Kind of a people, a lot of people are like oh yeah, Brendan Fraser. Uh, he went through. I think yeah, kind of maybe late noughties. There's this phase where he's doing quite a lot of bad family comedy type things. Uh, first, I didn't watch them, but um, Fairy Vengeance. I seem to remember seeing on the side of a bus. So it's nice to see him getting back into uh, bigger films. Who mm. knows uh, what he'll be doing in that? And John Lithgow always, always, solid. always a welcome presence, yes. right? Yes. 
What else do I have? Um, yeah, more casting news. Uh, Universal's Renfield, mm. part of the well, part of the original Dark Universe that has been, you know, not there anymore, but somehow is lingering on still with some of these films, has casted um, Nicholas Holt in the okay. title role. Um, yeah, I'd never heard of Renfield. But, uh... Yes, apparently it's part of the Dracula mythology, right? So. Um, He's usually being portrayed as festering in an asylum following his time with the bloodsucker. I so, read that same webpage. Um, I know you have. <laughs> I know which webpage it is as yeah. well. Uh, yes, I, I heard him described as the um, the equivalent of Igor in Frankenstein, which um, kind of the, the lucky 70 person. I don't know how, how to realize. Also, occasionally a cannibal, maybe. Anyway, good. That's, the, that's what the world is crying out for. A film about Renfield. Uh, Universal seem to think so, right? I guess they're tired of trying Dracula films, so uh, why not make <laughs> Let, it? Let's try his sidekick. I like Nicholas Holt, so uh, if, if anyone can make it work. But I'm not, not dying to see that one, if I'm honest. No. Uh, what else we got? Jennifer Garner has signed a deal with Netflix um, to make films with them, including Yes Day 2, uh, the sequel to 2021's Yes Day. Did you watch Yes Day? No. What is this? Uh, it's it's a family comedy. Oh yes, where, I've seen a trailer for um, it. She's she, the, the kids like, hey, mum and dad, how can you always say no to stuff? And like, right for one day, we're gonna say yes to everything. Uh, I watched it. It was fine. Uh, reminiscent <laughs> of uh, of the film Yes Man, uh, starring Jim Carrey and Zoe Deschanel, which is which is better, and the book Yes Man by Danny Morris, on which it is based, which is also better. But there you go. Um, <laughs> I guess the premise of this one will be you stop saying yes, now you got to say it again. Or maybe the uh, the kids will have to say yes to it than the parents want. Maybe they'll do it in France. Who knows? <sighs> that, that, that's, that's, that's basically a home alone too. Right? There's your three options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it, switch it up, do it again, or do it somewhere else. Yep, yep. exactly. J.K. <laughs> uh, Simmons is in talks to return as Commissioner Gordon in Batgirl. Yes. Uh, to the surprise, yeah. Well, I, was I, say I seem to remember no one, but I think people are expecting this, right? I mean, he just only appeared in the Justice League. Um, presumably, so you kind of expect him to come. Presumably, the, the adoptive father of of uh, Leslie what? Grace. Of Leslie Grace, I guess. Maybe, yeah, maybe it, it, it could be. Well, Commissioner Gordon technically should be Barbara Gordon's uh, father, but I've been reading some in some places that in some versions of the comic, um, Barbara Gordon is the niece. Oh right. Okay. Um, so they could take that stance, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Always nice to see J.K. Simmons do do his thing. I'd forgotten you turned up an episode of Parks and Rec. I've been rewatching Parks and Rec. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, was, I love him. That's We're gonna get a film about football, Zijan. Uh, it's called The Beautiful Game. It's about the homeless World Cup. I think. Uh, I've worked, I think it's World Cup. Some sort of tournament. Uh, played by homeless. People, uh, homeless football teams, uh, and Bill Nye and someone I've never heard of called Michael Ward will be starring in it. The the history of football films, as we discovered last episode, you have watched many of them, surprisingly many of them. Uh, will you be watching this one? I've been watching a TV show about football. As well, Are you watching recently? Ted Lasso? I've been watching Ted Lasso. Yes. I have also been watching Ted Lasso and I've been maintaining a Twitter thread and all the mistakes they've made. Oh, really? About what? what mis- oh, okay, I need. Uh, if only I had Twitter. If only on Twitter. Uh, for people who don't know, um, Ted Lasso is a TV series about an American, uh, American football coach who comes over to uh, coach a soccer team, as he calls it, uh, over in England. 
Played by Jason Sudeikis. Mm, he was very good. I like Jason Sudeikis. Mm. They got 20 Emmy nominations. Did it? They did. Ted wow. Lasso did. Good lord. Listen, the, uh, the most nominations for any comedy series ever. I'm quite enjoying it, but it's not funny. <laughs> I mean, for there, there are bits which are funny. Very, I mean, for a comedy series, like I say, it's, it's quite heartwarming, it's nicely acted, it's good characters, but it's very rarely amusing. And also, in one scene, Jamie Tart's undershirt is a different colour to his football shirt in clear contravention of the Premier League rules. That's just one of the things on my list, Cian, of, uh, of errors I, that, only that I'll, show me. I was editing this podcast. <laughs> cut, cut this whole bit out. So, yep. yeah. Um, you, kind of, <laughs> you kind of did it if you want to. <laughs> You're welcome to it. I could, yeah. No, no, I'm okay. Um, we've got a Blue Beetle. So, oh, right. Blue Beetle is part of the DC uh, Universe uh, superheroes uh, and one of the films that's coming out right now. And uh, we've got Shoro Mari Duena, uh, who is currently in Cobra Kai, oh, yes. which is a Karate Kid spin-off on Netflix uh, right now. Um, and he's lined up to play Jamie Reyes uh, in Blue Beetle. So there we've, we've it's happening. finally got some. This is so yeah. new. You say no? No, this is DC. DC. This okay. is DC. So yeah, some some actually some actual major casting news because he's the titular character. Because they were going to team up with someone else at one point. Booster Gold. Yes. Uh, they were going to team up for a while. something like Blue and Gold. Blue and Gold. Oh. I think that's what it's based on. Well, well I think because I'm getting confused. Cause I think Sony were going to do the same thing with Silver and Black, with Silver yes. Saber and. Black Cat. People clearly uh, movie series like, like Colors is what people like. Everyone loved Green Lantern. Let's do it. Um, Lucy Boynton, who you'll know Zijan from the film Sing Street, where she plays the main uh, female character, and Bohemian Rhapsody, where she plays the sometime love interest uh, Both good films. of Freddie Mercury. And she's very wow. good in Bohemian Rhapsody, I thought, particularly. Um, is going to be playing Marie Antoinette in a film. Uh, I can't remember the name of the film I don't know if it's been named yet but that should uh, it's a, a biopic right I would imagine so mm. uh, we haven't had a Marie Antoinette biopic since Kirsten Dunst played her for uh, Sofia Coppola in the film Marie Antoinette it's not a biopic of Marie Antoinette I was reading it's a biopic of Chevalier de Saint-Georges oh, this is why I didn't bother writing it down because it's mm. French and stuff yeah <laughs> you're afraid that your pronunciation would insult the french uh no i love insulting the french um i uh, i just didn't bother writing it down uh marianne smith was from austria though fun fact but yeah this guy chevalier saint George had a falling out with Mar- marie antoinette uh and her court which led to his untimely downfall basically so right. that's where she comes into play there you go well good for her uh i wonder if she'll be playing it french i was i was watching a film the other day where uh uh, was, I was watching Tarzan, and a lot of characters from Belgium, and they all had English accents, except one of them had a German accent. I was like, I don't know what you're going for here. Uh, <laughs> well, it's the only film I've ever seen where the Belgians are the bad guys. A... All Europe is the same. <laughs> wow. Wow, and if I said the same thing, uh, anyway. Well, you can't, can you? I can't, can't and I won't. <laughs> Do you want to put out, you know, put off our one single Asian uh, <laughs> listener? Who is our? Which is my brother. By oh, the way. I was going to say, I don't know, don't know who our Asian listener is. Um, I'm sure we have many listeners across the fine continent of Asia. One of the great continents, I've always said. Which, <laughs> what's your favourite uh, Asian country, Asia? The one where I'm from, obviously. I thought it might be. 
Um, <laughs> Stop trying to bait me. I like India. <laughs> good, 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 good to know. Uh, my my last <laughs> on that my last bit of news oh, yes. is that um, there's the new Haunted Mansion movie come out by right. Disney, obviously. That's a, <laughs> based on a ride or something, is it? Yep, and you know Eddie Murphy was in the original film uh, like ten years ago, twenty years ago, a long time ago. Also, uh, Tiffany Haddish and Lakeith Stanfield are in talks now for the new Haunted Mansion movie. They're too good to do that, surely. Uh, Disney has a lot of money. They do have a lot of money. This, I'm not sure. This, we may have covered this before, um, but I saw a trailer the other day for um, He's All That. I can't remember whether we mentioned this was happening. Did you know there's going to be a gender swap film of He's He's All That? No, I did not know until the same trailer popped out on my YouTube. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, and Rachel Lee Cook, Rachel Lee Cook the, the star of the original, is, is in this one as, as the mother, albeit a different character. But I, th- I feel that. And when we do, a, we we've started doing a predictions episode every year, Zijan. As you, we've only done one, but we're going to do it every year. Um, and uh, I, I'm I'm already thinking up the the gender swapped films we might get. <laughs> um, fine, I don't know anything about Haunted Mansion, uh, but it sounds like they're, they're gender swapping it when he said Tiffany Handish, and then it sounded like they weren't when he said Lucky Stanfield. So who knows? Um, all I've got left is that Rob Lowe is going to star in a film called Dog Gone. Uh, for Netflix, which is about a father and son finding their dog that has gone. Fighting a dog or finding a <laughs> Finding. But um, I don't know what's going on when they find it. Maybe they'll fight it at that point. Maybe they'll find it. Maybe it's it's a kind of a tale of revenge and he's tracking down a dog that wronged him. I don't know. Maybe. You Europeans are so difficult to understand sometimes. <laughs> uh, I can only apologise. <laughs> that's it that's it we move on to our next segment to see or not to Z, where we talk about films that we have recently seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not Z them uh, Zijan have you been watching any uh, any European films <laughs> no but I've been contributing more to the the Disney Monopoly uh, conglomeration conglomeration <laughs> yeah I'm just giving them lots of money basically I watched Jungle Cruise uh, how was it yeah, it was. So, <laughs> this is one of those films that I know what my review is going to be even before watching the film. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a Disney film based on an existing theme park, right? Mm. You know, you have a very likable cast in terms of like Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Yeah. Um, you know, who, who has also been in Mary Poppins and Dwayne Johnson has been in loads of other Disney films. Um, himself and he and loves is going to, yeah, and he's going to be in khaki as well so you kind of know what kind of uh, film you're going to get into mm-hmm. before watching it and yeah it was exactly the kind of film uh, that i predicted it was going to be basically it's um it's kind of yeah a, it's yeah it's, it's, it's not like a blend of pirates of the caribbean with um jumanji the african queen yeah uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty much it yeah you got it right mm. um it's it's is, is that really uh, Emily Blunt and Jack Whitehall? Um, I don't know whether it's Jack Whitehall's film debut. No, yeah, um, been a few no, months. he's done a few. Uh, the, I'm trying to think of the name of the TV series he was. Was it? There was this thing where he was a teacher and they had a spin-off film for that. But I think I think he's done bits and pieces. Yeah. Okay, well, so yeah, they play brother and sister who go into the Amazon uh, to find uh, this flower who can cure any disease. Oh, yes. you know, like in pretty much lots of <laughs> lots of Disney films, mm. I think you find that. Um, and Dwayne Johnson takes them there on his uh, cruise ship 
uh, into the jungle. Hence the name Jungle Cruise. Cruise in the jungle makes sense. Makes sense. I know. Yeah. So it's yeah. I mean, I think all listeners out there should be able to predict what happens in this film. I mean, they try to throw in a little surprises here and there, a bit of plot twist. Woo. Uh, um, but yeah, it's still a Disney film. Um, it's 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 still a pretty fun, solid summer romp. You just don't think too much about it. Um, the C- CGI is pretty poor, though. I have to say, it's one oh, of really? very bad CGI films. Ugh, I don't know why where the money went, but All definitely right. not in the CGI. Went, went to the rock. Um, in fact, I've also heard it's quite uh, compared to the Mummy, uh, quite a lot. They say that uh, Emily Blunt's character is quite similar to Rachel Weisz's character in the Mummy. Oh yeah, mm. I can see that. Mm. I can see that. It, it's it's fun, but. That's that's it. Like yeah, I I thought I'd wait until I can watch it on Disney Plus without without paying extra. I couldn't bother yeah, to watch it. I think that. that's quite a sensible thing to do. <laughs> uh, I've been cranking up in the Netflix, uh, and I've watched News of the World, which uh, came out a good few months ago, but towards the start of this year, I think. Uh, which stars Tom Hanks uh, as a guy whose job it is to go around in the old old America um, reading the news to people because that's how news travelled and I guess a lot of them couldn't read as well uh, and he comes across a native I know comes across I think a Caucasian girl who has been taken in by naked uh, by naked by native Americans um, and she's abandoned and he's like right I'm going to take you home uh, directed by Paul Greengrass um, who's known for the uh, some of the Bourne films and previously worked with Tom Hanks in Captain Phillips which is very good and very dramatic uh, I found it really boring um, which I kind of thought I might from the trailer but I thought oh, I'll give it a go and it's very very slow paced very little happens I, I, I have a fairly low tolerance for kind of period I don't want to say kind of like a western I suppose in many ways but, um, so I wasn't massively looking forward to it but I thought I'll give it a try and it's free but uh, no, don't bother. Still, uh, I find Tom Hanks sometimes very, very compelling, like in the film Castaways, even, um, <laughs> and sometimes not, like in this film. So, uh, so yeah, want to miss? I yeah, think. lots, lots of hits and misses. Lots of hits and misses for Tom Hanks recently, I think. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm trying to think. I think things like um, was it the papers? It was pretty dull. The post, you didn't like the, the post. post that's you? what I meant. I want the papers, the post. So even Bridge of Spies is a little bit dull. Um, obviously, very Spielberg. And speaking of which, the, uh, another film I've watched is the film Munich, uh, Steven Spielberg, um, which came out wow. uh, probably about 15 years ago, maybe. Is it because of the Olympics that you watched it? It's probably because of the Olympics that it came back onto Netflix, I guess. <laughs> I, 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 I know it's my list years ago, and then it got gone off Netflix, and then it came back on again. Uh, so if anyone doesn't know, uh, it's yes, as Zijan so rightly says, uh, it kicks off uh, in the Olympics where uh, various Israeli athletes are taken hostage and, and then killed. And then this is uh, the story of Israeli secret services, including Eric Banner, um, tracking down and killing these uh, terrorists one by one. Uh, it's quite a long film, two hours 44, I think. Uh, wow. It, it's also not... Great. I mean, I've, I I was reading some. I think I got some really rave reviews and, and some not so much. And I found it a little bit, uh, again, a little bit dull, a little bit plodding because it it, re- it really does go through killing them one by one. Going th- and you think I don't really need to go see you do all this. These this group of people kind of go to a place, plan to kill a guy, then they kill him, and then they go to the next place and they plan to kill a guy. And, and the things go wrong along the way and blah blah. blah. And you, and it gets more interesting. I think towards the end where they, they go more into the moral quandary of what they're doing and yeah uh, sh- should they be 
carrying out assassinations effectively outside international law. Uh, and so there are some interesting uh, elements like that, but I think it could have been a lot tighter. Uh, and to be honest, it didn't really feel like it got under the skin of a lot of the characters. I I didn't feel like I knew loads about Eric Banner's character by the end. And, and yeah, so um, so you watched two long films on Netflix then. Two two long, not that good uh, films on Netflix. I've I have watched uh, over two hundred films so far this year, season. Well, I think you should watch Jungle Cruise then. I will, but before the end of the year. Yeah, every now and again you want a bit of a romp. Uh, yes, a, exactly. A nice, fun romp. <laughs> thing to write about. But I thought since I, since this is a weighty podcast of uh, of serious <laughs> thought, really? TJ, and I thought I would bring in two of the more somber films that I've seen. <sighs> uh, Speaking of somber films, The Suicide Squad. Um, what's now with a definite article. Now with a definite article, uh, indeed with the definite article, coming what, probably about five years or so after Suicide Squad, yeah, uh, which was David Ayer, theoretically, albeit he has been very open ever since that they took it away from him and did what they liked with it, so he's not yep, really his fault at all, and uh, was not a good film. James Gunn has taken control, Zijan. Tell us more. Yes. Uh, like the original film, and if you've not seen the original film, you may want to listen to our podcast, which yes, we've done on it course, a, yes. a while back. Um, yeah, we've had this podcast for a long time as well. <laughs> did, we, so, did we do Suicide Squad? I'm, I'm pretty certain we've we not been did. doing this for I'm five years. I'm 100% sure we did, because I remember complaining about it a lot. How long, <laughs> how long have we been doing this podcast for? We are old, Colin. <laughs> oh, we, we are as old as a Suicide Squad, this podcast. Yeah. Oh, no. The first episode we did was Captain America Civil War, which was in 2016. Yeah, we've been doing this five years. There you go. So just like the original Suicide Squad, this features an ensemble cast. Um, It's supposed to be a standalone sequel to Suicide Squad, so you do see some familiar faces from the first one, if you've seen that. So we have Margot Robbie back reprising uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, who you may have seen her in Birds of Prey as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, you can Jai... also listen to our episode on Birds of Prey. Well, I hated that film. So uh, so did I. Yes. Uh, and, and Jay Courtney, who is here to reprise Boomerang, yes. as well as um, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Uh, I think there's Rick Flagg as well, who came back. Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, yeah. Um, I don't think you need to have seen Suicide Squad to understand this film. They, they, they nope. do a good job of explaining what's going on. And it's quite different tonally. I think it might even confuse you if you watched the first one recently, because <laughs> it's not clear whether it is a uh, in the in the same continuity or not. And there's, there's no references to anything that's happened in, in that film either. There's no. No, I think they want to like put their first film away <laughs> as far away as possible from this. <laughs> yeah, and and as as you hinted at before, this is not done very well at the box office, partly because of the pandemic, but also partly I think because. People thought, well, Suicide Squad is rubbish. Why would I go and see another one? That's um, true. That's true. They really have very little in common creatively in terms of the personnel. Um, like James Gunn didn't. Uh, I imagine he didn't laboriously study the first one to see what he could do with it. No, that's for sure. That's for sure. There's definitely a James Gunn touch to this film. You, you can definitely tell mm. it's a James Gunn mm. film. Um, just a quick overview on the plot anyway. So this, the task force, uh, the Suicide Squad, um, it's, for those who do not know and who needs to know, this is a DC comic book film. Uh, I, I'm sorry I didn't mention this earlier, but you should, yeah, you should even guess it. It's a DC comic book film where a bunch of uh, criminals 
um, basically are hired by I don't know the secret service or some some secret organization whoever Amanda Waller works for yeah. whoever Amanda Waller works for to basically uh, um, do stuff for her and most of them have a collar around their necks which if they you know try to betray the objective there's a bomb in the the back of their necks they'll explode and isn't it in, it's not a collar is it isn't it just inserted into their brain Oh yeah, it is inserted in brain. Yeah, I don't know why I got the idea of a collar, but yeah, it's inserted in brain, yeah. and hence um, why it's called Suicide Squad because most of the missions they go on, they inadvertently die in it. Who and can this... for- who can forget the great Will Smith line from uh, from the first film? What are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad. Who can forget the great Slipknot in the first film, mm. Suicide Squad? Who. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one remembers him because he died. He died very quickly. Know? But there are only two uh, Suicide Squad deaths, I think, in the first film: uh, Slipknot and I think El Diablo died as well. Yes. Um, there are a lot more deaths in this one, um, so we're going to be doing non-spoilers and then spoilers. It might be difficult to talk too much about the uh, this film in the non-spoilers, just because you, by the very fact we're talking about certain characters, you can tell they're not dead. Um, but we'll, we'll do our best. We'll, we'll try. I mean, before this film came out, I mean, both you and I were talking about which character would die first in this film, right? Oh, yeah, we had a little bet going on, didn't we? <laughs> we had a little bet. Do you um, remember what we said? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't remember either. So um, I was right. I think we can both agree on that. Do you know who died? Do you remember who died first, though, in this film? Uh, um. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But okay. you see, as you can see, it's hard to not spoil this because even in the first five minutes of the film, some people have already died. So, yeah. Uh, but so let's talk about the, the overall tone. So it's, it's a R-rated film for our friends in America, and I guess it's probably a fifteen over here. It is a fifteen over here. Um, there's a lot of death, as we've said, and it's quite graphic death. I mean, it's not eighteen, but it's 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 bloody. It's um, quite over the top there's a lot of swearing uh, it definitely earns its rating mm. uh, it's also I think very funny there's some uh, very funny I agree. very funny characters funnier than Ted Lasso some people are saying <laughs> <laughs> by some people you mean you just me and that's just so I can't cut out that, that Ted Lasso reference earlier I just wanted to make sure that it's uh, incorporated deep <laughs> in this podcast uh, there's some pretty dark stuff going on in this this film but i think it's all it's it's quite um childish in that kind of um let's go for gore but it, but you still get well-written well-rounded characters for the most well not for the most part uh, especially the main ones yeah the main ones, the ones who yeah, there's, I say, there's, a, there's a large cast and a lot of them are not rounded out because they're dead um, <laughs> <laughs> but but the ones who are yes yeah yeah but what, what is the fun bit of this film, right? Is that you know that the stakes are going to be low because you know everyone knows that going in that you know, the, in the trailers alone you you see James Gunn introducing all these brand new characters mm. and all of them are Z-list comic book villains at most, um, and you can kind of expect that most of them are going to kick the bucket except for Harley Quinn. Everyone will kick the bucket. Yeah, um, I think there's um, no the, way that. Although probably, so I mean, even Harley Quinn. I mean, let's be honest, she's not dead in this. But but when you're watching it, you think, well, maybe they'll maybe they'll kill her off. She's done three of these. Maybe she's tired of it. <laughs> I feel that she's she wants to do a lot more of these. In fairness, yeah, um, and I think she's the most liked character from the first film as well. Is she? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I know you don't like Harley Quinn as a character, but I she, don't. Captain Boomerang yeah. was my favorite character from the first film. Mm. I thought he was great. That was nice. It was nice to see him back again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The R, the R Z list. It's not like they're killing off Batman or anything. No, um, for sure. For and for sure. Uh, I think even the tagline in this film is "Don't get attached." <laughs> but it's it's a nice, fun, colourful cast. It's it's a nice uh, range of powers. Uh, some of which are hilariously rubbish, and some of which are pretty good. <laughs> Uh, I think by taking that, because the first Suicide Squad, although I guess it had funny moments, or at least tried to, it took itself very seriously a lot of the time. I know it was kind of that kind of stuff, but it was. I think this is part of its problem was the massive tonal mismatch. But then it's like, yeah, in this one you've got. I'm trying to think what I can do without spoiling stuff. Polka Dot Man, I think you see in the, in the trailers, who's a guy who's just covered in polka dots. I mean, that's just funny. Uh, that's not a guy taking himself too seriously, or at least a film not taking itself too seriously. Uh, you got Rat Catcher Two, um, which I, is funny enough. You got um, Nathan Fillion has never played a serious character in his life. He's, yep. he's a whole That's... range of stuff. Um, Peacemaker wearing a costume that looks exactly like the comics, which is done. Yeah, just just go for it, right? Why not? Like, I I think that one of the best things about like making a film like this is that you can just do whatever you want with it. Uh, like there's no yeah. need to like yeah uh, as you say about attack like, right? don't stay attached you know you just don't need to be attached to anyone in this film like, they can do whatever they want with it there's no need for continuity uh, you know I, I think any director would be you know willing to just jump into this if they want to do like a fun comic book film without any tie without having to tie any loose ends etc this, this is the one to be and, and James Gunn particularly requested to do uh, the Suicide Squad and I think they've learned their lesson from taking so much power away from David Ayer uh, previously who directed the previous one say, and they just yeah he had completely free reign it seems uh, we've got King Shark as voiced by uh, Sylvester Stallone which was nice to, <laughs> nice to hear I thought he was very good he was quite funny uh, he was very funny actually <laughs> yeah because I've seen him in the Flash TV series where he's quite scary and this is just a big dumb shark, shark quite Hulk like in some ways in, in terms uh, of intelligence uh, not with not more with dumber than that yeah yeah uh, Bloodsport Idris Elba who um, quite until quite late in proceedings I think was going to be taking on um, Will Smith's character uh, Deadshot from the first film and in, and they decided not to do that in case Will Smith wanted to come back at any point uh, Will Will Smith come back to this? I doubt so uh, I mean this one's been received well but I think I don't see him coming back to do an ensemble. I mean, Deadshot is definitely a much, much bigger character than Bloodsport. It's, honestly, I didn't know there was a villain called Bloodsport until the Suicide Squad came yeah. out. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, so it, it was going to be a just, just re- recast as that role and I think, well, why not just, and then they just found someone else who had similar characteristics. Because it's a very similar, and it's like even his motivation to, uh, yep. to look after his daughter is exactly the same as, as uh, Deadshot in the first film yep exactly you know what I liked was the was the lack of occult in this and you may remember <laughs> for the first film I was very wary about going to it just because I don't like occultish films and, and there was what, so much Enchantress a, and El Diablo yeah and there was so much stuff about demons and all things and pentagrams and all this stuff and you think that's really that doesn't need it and this was the exact opposite was, everything was bright and crazy and stuff and yeah well, you know who shouldn't watch this film? Those people who do not like giant invertebrates. Okay. <laughs> that was in the trailer as well. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. For those who do not know, um, Starro. Um, so in the comic books, 
there's this giant starfish, which is an alien from outer space. Are there, are there people who are scared of starfish? I have no idea. Okay, but if there are. If, you, if there are, this is one you should avoid. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, the, in the comic book, Starro um, is this giant starfish from outer space who comes to Earth and releases lots of tiny starfish when attached to your head will control you. They mind control you, basically. A so. very early Justice League villain, I think. Uh, hmm. Starro. He does make an appearance back sometimes, but yeah, he's not really a big player. Yeah, I, I must admit, I had assumed from the trailers um, that he would be a kind of a minor villain. A bit like the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, where uh, all the trailers showed them fighting this this monster that was only in the opening 10 minutes. I thought it would be the same thing here, but um, mm. uh, but Starro is the main villain. Is that a spoiler? I don't know. Who knows at this point now. But the the main plot of the story is that this task force has sent to destroy evidence of this uh, giant alien star, Starro. Mm. That's how the, the story begins, really. Uh, and they go off to an island to do it. I think we, we're getting probably towards the end of um, uh, of non-spoilers. I would say yeah. uh, Margot Robbie, I think this was her best performance as Harley Quinn. I found, I found her incredibly annoying. Um, <laughs> In previous ones, uh, and I, I, as we've talked about many times, I didn't like this characterization of she's been tortured to insanity, but isn't it sexy? And I didn't like the characterization from Birds of Prey of it's all female empowerment that she's killing people. Uh, this was a different tack. It was I just, she enjoyed being in the team. She was still chaotic. Yeah, that's probably good, good way of putting it. Um, oh. One thing I would say, sorry, before we do spoilers, um, these villains weren't very villainous, were they? In what sense? In that a lot of them were more kind of heroes than they were villains. I mean, we, what, we by the end of the film, or well, by, by the end of the film, but also like a lot of them, I couldn't tell you what crimes they had done or, or why they were in prison in the first place, and they didn't seem, say, uh, immoral. Even I mean, a lot of them, you got the sense that they probably killed well they probably I don't think they killed if they, they probably killed people who were bad or they probably stole to feed themselves or whatever it was. It felt more like a group of heroes banging together rather than a group of villains learning yeah. to become good. I, I, I get that. I get that point. Like I mean I know they mentioned in the beginning and in the trailers where the blood spot put Superman in a coma, didn't he? With a kryptonite yeah, yeah, bullet. Right. Yeah. Um yeah that that's probably has his villainous take, but I do agree with you in the sense that yeah, they, they don't come across as villains. Uh, initially, they just yeah, um, a bunch of random people just put yeah. together. Apart from Peacemaker, maybe that not the, probably even including Peacemaker, they all seem about as villainous as Batman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> who, who does? Who yes, could easily have ended up on this team. If, I guess if uh, if he'd been put in prison for some of his many crimes. Uh, I like this film, ZJ, and I like this a lot. I have ordered so many Funko Pops uh, <laughs> really? from, from this film. You see, they, they know their, their clientele, Colin, Funko this, Pops. This is why they got <laughs> such a large cast. Of course. Just you, to take my money. Them. All of them, did you? Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, I've got, how many have I got coming? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, where are you going to put all of them? In your new patio. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to storm them all outside. That's what I thought would be a good idea. <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed this film. So this film, um, you know, it benefits from the fact that the original film was so poorly received and it was so bad, mm. to be fair. Um, so it benefits from that. I, I, 
I've been trying to compare it with Guardians of the Galaxy as well, which is another James Gunn film. Mm. And I think I do enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy more than this, slightly more than this. Yeah. Um, it's it's just more 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 fun. I think. I think the music choices that James Gunn made in Guardians of the Galaxy makes more sense than they do here. Yeah. I I also I, I also agree. I, th- I think one of the strengths of this film is that death is around every corner, so you never know who's going to die. Yeah. But that's also a weakness for character development because you, you yeah. never know who's going to die. Why do you die. need to care? Why do you need to care about these characters? Y- yeah. Die? And since um, since we're in spoilers now, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I mean, there are so things like uh, even like Polka Dot Man. I started caring about Polka Dot Man, and then he got killed. Uh, Rick Flag, who I actually quite liked in the first one, um, he died quite late on in in such a way where you actually saw like they went into like, like x-ray of his heart being penetrated. i don't understand why they did that though i definitely don't understand i actually put that down as one of my comments like wow that's one of the weirdest shots ever why when i saw that i thought the reason for that is james gunn wants to make absolutely certain no one brings him back oh. I, that felt to me because I, I, what i do like is that death in almost all cases here is permanent so it's not kind of like oh, Marvel often does this characters die and then they come back in the third act or a later film or something. I think to me that was James Gunn wanting to make it count. Uh, I'm pretty sure some time travel person will. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the future. Maybe the I mean, it's comic books after all. Right? At the end of the day, it's comic books. Hmm. So yeah, that's- and it was a little cheeky because they they brought back Peacemaker in a post credits, um, who had been very much killed. Uh, flipping bullet uh we, we know there's a peacemaker tv series i kind of assumed it would be a prequel series on the basis that he was dead but i guess not now that they brought him back yeah. should, should we talk deaths yeah let's talk that who was the first person who died colin i think it might be mongol no i'm pretty sure the first person to die is uh the black guard pete davidson's character because he was the one who wanted to betray them oh right the yes maybe you're right so the shot in yes the yes that's what i said <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, could be. No, I don't know what I said, but uh, you could. Have, I could have said that. Uh, yes, I think the, 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 he was definitely gonna, no. No one thought he was going to live in this film. <laughs> um, more of a surprise is when they kill off Captain Boomerang. Mm. Uh, I was very surprised by that. Yeah, if I think the first one to die was Weasel, but then then at the end they reveal he's not dead. <laughs> so. uh, uh, Weasel, he's just like a dog and mm. a pug who is quite useless. <laughs> it's quite funny. It's, it's one of the funniest things there in this film. I thought that might have been the darkest part of the film where they're just in, in a throwaway line is like, he's killed 27 children. Like, oh, okay. That kind of film, is it? All right. <laughs> yeah. But he can't swim. He can't. That was very funny. Uh, just like, did anyone funny. check to see if this guy... Uh, it's like um, Bloodsport having a rat phobia and being teamed up with someone whose who's thing is that they can communicate with rats. You think, someone should have checked this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, it was simply Captain Boomerang go, but it was a good way of raising the stakes, I think, to say, hey, you know this character? This, I'd say probably one of the more liked characters from the previous one. Yeah, like, right, that, that's true. Gone. That's very true. And killed in such a way that definitely dead. Like 20 pieces by a helicopter, I think, wasn't it? Yep, for sure. Um, that was quite permanent mm. to me. Uh, TDK I enjoyed uh, Nathan Fillion <laughs> playing the detachable kid uh, otherwise known I think as arm fall off boy yep uh, his arms fall off and just do their own thing apparently but he, yeah, his power is he can detach his arms and then just float through the air but he was, he was just like punching these people and they're like what are you doing he's <laughs> well, not even punching no, them, just like slapping, yeah. slapping them to a certain extent it was quite funny yeah it was, it was basically a minor inconvenience um, and, and seeing what killed I, again I didn't expect him to last long 
What other deaths did we have? I feel the uh, Mongol at the beginning, yeah. Javelin at the beginning as well, who gave uh, Harley Quinn his Javelin. Yes, I think uh, if you if you've seen the trailers where she was holding a Javelin, you could probably work out that one. Yep, that comes from that comes from him. Um, I've not heard of any of these characters before. No, I read quite a lot of comic books. Yeah. Uh, I think those are the and uh, yeah, the what's the name of the guy who tried to run away? Uh, to swim away at the beginning. Oh, yeah, of course, he- Savant. So we 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 uh, played by Michael Rooker. So the film starts off by um, we well, we see Savant in in a prison cell throwing a ball around and killing a bird, and it's kind of a almost a, a POV from him. And then yeah, he's he's the one who has the the bomb blown up in his head. Yeah. Yep. So someone needs to have their bomb blown up in their head, right? Slipknot style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slipknot style. Yeah. So yeah. So. We... My favourite death, though. <laughs> okay. I can't believe you're saying this, Colin. I know. It's probably Milton. Do you remember Milton? Which is Milton? Oh. Oh, poor Milton. Poor Milton. So Milton, I think, was driving the bus or something. Or driving the... Uh, <laughs> and he follows the rest, the, the, the surviving members of the group, this is towards the end, uh, into the building where they're all going to fight Starro and stuff. And he gets killed. And then Polka Dot Man is like, oh, we lost Milton. And does a little speech. And no one else can remember who Milton was. And it's like, <laughs> Why was he here? What was, he, what was Milton going to do? He's that's, just a That's bus a very driver. good point. No? He, was, he was just following them around for no reason. Uh, yes, that was very funny. <laughs> I like that bit. I think not only that the good guys have like um, surprising deaths or lots of deaths, even the bad guys do. Like the main, I thought who was going to be the main baddie, the serial guy. Was killed very quickly in the middle. The serial after having oh the Silvio after being after romancing Harley Quinn. Yes, he just and he kills him out of nowhere and like I know I've been through this before. I'm gonna kill you before. Uh, I like that bad. though, cause yeah, there's no there's no like yeah even the main baddies they're like yep we'll just get a get rid of them. Yeah, uh, Peter Capaldi turned out to be one of the main baddies. Um, so the, the the plot of this they've gone to to uh, kill Star and then it turned out that. The real mission was to uh, destroy any evidence that the U.S. had been supporting the the, the development of Starro and the deaths of many people, um, which I thought was incredibly political for a film like this. It's not the kind. Usually, your superhero politics are, are all metaphors, and yeah, Dark Knight is a post nine eleven metaphor, and Civil War is quite metaphorical. But this is straight up U.S. foreign policy plotline. Yeah. Um, if it reminds me of things like Guantanamo Bay, this is edgy in a very different way. This isn't kind of blowing up someone's face kind of way. This is um, let's alienate half our audience kind of way. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure like Americans are used to this anyway. So. <laughs> Another continent bites the dust, is you're, you're taking them down <laughs> left, right, and centre. <laughs> one by one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Take that, Antarctica. <laughs> There, there were some very gruesome scenes in the labor- laboratory, I have to say, though. Uh, it's some body horror which are quite, quite bad down there. Yes, no, I, I wasn't always uh, focusing heavily on the screen, I must admit. <laughs> some pretty nasty bits. Because the little, the little starfish things, they don't just suck onto your face. They're like, basically just, yeah, they've got fangs and grips and go straight into your brain. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty nasty. 
And that's it, you know. Uh, you you basically just die in that instance. Although I find it quite funny that the Suicide Squad can just deflect from them by just covering their face. I was just wondering why don't any more people just do that? Why is no one else that? And some of them have got like proper helmets. So like Bloodsport and Ratcatcher 2 have got helmets. So I can understand that, but yeah. some, some of them, them are just, just like, like... hold a hat in front of their face. Or something. Yeah, and just swatting them away. Like, why Why don't more people just do no that? No one else thought to, to swat them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so we have the grand finale um, where... The star, the big starry thing, despite bullets just pinging off his eye, it turns out the javelin can penetrate the eye. Uh, so we got a re- really disgusting scene where Harley Quinn, who obviously is the uh, the big name here, has to be the person who takes decisive action, pierces the eye, ends up in the eye, and then uh, every rat in the, on the island chews into pieces from the inside. Yeah, that's quite it's a horrible way to die. <laughs> that's a horrible, horrible way to die. It's probably the worst yeah. way a villain has ever oh. met their end in a in a comic book film. But uh, I, I found myself surprisingly moved, and it was very uh, obviously what they're going for is quite manipulative, I suppose. But quite moved by the story of Ratcatcher Two, and you get these flashbacks of her and her dad, who was a heroin addict, uh, as played by Taika Waititi, uh, and uh, yeah, I found that quite a moving. Uh, moving plotline, which Ratcatcher 2, I don't think any of us had down as one of the main characters in this. Um, yeah, but... The, turned yeah. out to be. Rats. Ugh, ugh. I don't, I'm not too bothered by rats, to be honest. Uh, i tell you what, another funny scene we didn't talk about, and again, very dark. Um, so when they're making their way onto the island, uh, H.S. Elba's character, Bloodsport, and, and John Cena's character, uh, Peacemaker, basically have a competition to see how many people they can kill. Mm-hmm. And they're killing all these baddies. And they get there, and it turns out they weren't baddies. They've accidentally killed the entire force of the, the troops. The rebellion, the so, resistance, the resistance. They've accidentally killed them all. And like, ah. Which um, Alice Braga, what her character is called, seems to get over fairly quickly. I know, right? Um, I was I, I put this in comments for like, if I were the leader of resistance, and you pretty much kill up all my people, mm. yeah, I'm pretty sure I would react like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Let's move on then. She's been in uh, New Mutants. She's been in through worse situations than this. <laughs> I didn't mind that. Um, you've got some more cameos here, and We've got Calendar Man as played by Sean Gunn um, when he's not playing Weasel. Weasel. Calendar Man? Who's Calendar Man? He, a, he's a classic Batman villain, but uh, he appeared for like a second in the background of one shot, but he's got the, the, the months of the year written on his forehead. Oh. Uh, which nice. I didn't even notice he had that written, to be honest, but um, I only saw that afterwards. But yeah, Sean Gunn always gets a little, uh, little gig. Um, of course, we know him best uh, from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Pom Clementiev turned up briefly. Ah. Uh, which I must admit, I, I saw it and I thought, was that Pom Clementiev? Uh, oh, I know this. Who did she play? Uh, a, someone dancing in a club. I don't think she even has a line. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Looked, yeah, now that makes so much sense yeah. now. I looked and I thought, is that her? And then she did, nothing happened with her. And I thought, oh, I guess not. And then uh, yeah, I read somewhere else that it was. I guess she was, just did it as a favour to James Gunn or something. But, uh, yeah, why not? Making a cameo there, why not? Why, why not indeed? Why not indeed? Uh, what did you think about Harley Quinn? We've talked about her briefly in this. Did you did you like her in this? No, like I, I have no issues with Harley Quinn in the previous film. Uh, fair think. enough. I just always think, what, what must her parents think? I don't think you should look at it that way. That's a bit too deep for this comic book film. Oh, oh, just we. I like Harley Quinn because she's fun and chaotic. That's why I like her. But she trained That's... to be a psychotherapist. You know, she had a promising career. No one cares about the backstory, Colin. 
<laughs> but she had quite a lot of solo stuff doing this film. Um, she was off doing her own mission at, uh, at times. <laughs> uh, did you like the polka dot man's uh, issues with his mum? No, I didn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. No. It, I I thought the, the the joke ran off for way too long. Yeah, so he hates his mum for reasons that he kind of hints at, which seemed quite dark, but we didn't really got detail. And then he just sees her all the time. Yeah, the mother experimented on him, right? That that led to his. Oh powers. yes, that's right. That's right. So no, I didn't. I didn't love that gag. I think it. Yeah, as you, as you say, I think it got done once too many times. Uh, and I, I, he kind of had this. He was the, I guess, the elder Abler. This one that he just wanted to die, which um, but it's, uh, is it um, David Dalmatian, isn't it? Um, who oh. is good value. Uh, but so at the end, we've still got uh, Peacemaker. He's come around. We've we've still got uh, Bloodsport. We've still got Harley, obviously. And we've still got Ratcatcher two and King Shark. And King Shark survived despite being Some riddled reason. with bullets. I guess he's um, more powerful in that way. Yeah, you can see a lot of uh, resemblance between some of these characters with, you know, some of the Marvel equivalents mm. as well. Like Peacemaker is a lot like Drax, and he's played by another wrestler as well. That's true. <laughs> another That's former true. wrestler as well. Um, a lot of the, the comments they make is very similar to what I would think Drax would say mm. in that kind of situation. Um, King Shark, as you say, is like Hulk, because yeah. even at one point, um, Bloodsport is telling, telling Hulk to, uh, telling King Shark to go and, oh, Go, go eat him. Eat, eat Starro. Like yeah, how, it felt uh, very much like kind of Hulk smash moment from Avengers. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there are a lot of parts that are reminiscent of uh, past Marvel films. But yeah, they, they do manage to make it stand on its own two feet. Um, you know, you come to care for some of these characters, not mm. all of them. Um, um, we've not really talked much about Amanda Waller, but she, um, Ryan Davis again, solid. I think, again, taking it a bit less seriously than the previous one, where it was... Uh, well, she was very self-important. Someone whacks around her head at one point. Which was quite pleasing. It was quite pleasing. James Gunn's uh, wife or girlfriend or something was, um, is the character uh, in in the office there. It did, But it felt more like a real realistic office, I think, than it did in the previous one. So mm. it was nice. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I did not like that much was the jumps between scenes and jumps between times in all right. of the scenes, yeah, before and after. I, I think it just cuts off the momentum of the previous scene by okay. just doing like, like 10 minutes before this in another in another case I, I, I get the idea that you're trying to see trying to show what all the other characters are doing simultaneously but for me at, at certain points it just felt like okay uh, I've just <laughs> lost especially at the end I think when um, Ratcatcher 2 was being aimed at by Peacemaker and there's a mm. long scene after that before it came back to that scene again and I just felt like the moment the momentum was just lost from that yeah I think in general I didn't mind it but in, in that instance yeah that was, I, I do agree with that one um, so I would definitely watch another of these I think it's I think we're almost certainly going to get another one based on the critical reception um, box office maybe might not justify it but I, th- yeah. I think uh, James Gunn is a hot property and people uh, they'd be mad to, to lose him for sure uh, and he's also written uh, and directed many of the Peacemaker TV series, so he's still in this world. Nice, uh, cool. Um, we've we've spent a lot of time, but um, I think we can squeeze in an active factor because um, we're talking about the films of Uma Thurman, and I have barely watched any. This is the the few. It's quite surprising, though. Like I always thought I watched more as well, but me neither. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I watched one, two, three, four, five, six films with her in it. I and have I know... watched uh, three and a bit. Oh wow! 
Um, you really don't like Quentin Tarantino films. Uh, I don't watch a lot of Quentin Tarantino. No. I already know what our least favorite film is going to be. Oh uh, yeah, well, well, ooh, I don't know actually because there's one that I hated so much I couldn't finish it. Um, uh, is it the producers? They it so is the producers. Yep, I know both those films that you couldn't. Yeah. Yep. Uh, our bottom two. Well, your bottom two is the producers and Batman and Robin. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman and Robin has spoken to death about it. Uh, the producers. I quite enjoyed it. I know you didn't. Yeah, people love this film. Um, so it's the remake uh, of the original of the Mel Brooks, Brooks um, Nathan Lane, and uh, what's his name? Ferris Bueller. Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. But it, it was just, it was played like it was on a stage. It was just way over the top. And I think, yeah, if, you, if you're playing it in a massive theatre, this kind of performance works, but it doesn't work on film for me. Um, those were the yeah they reprised their roles as well on stage Nathan mm. uh, and Matthew Broderick so probably that's why quite a lot of the actors in there are basically stage actors so, so I think I might have stopped watching it before we even turned it up oh really wow I, that's I, a, I didn't last long that's very early yeah it is very over the top though but I mean it is a Mel Brooks comedy as well so you kind of mm. have to expect mm. that uh, what's your last film then well, so I've seen Be Cool um, which wasn't very good. It was a sequel to Get Shorty, I saw it many years ago, where John Travolta goes into the music business. Um, all I really remember from it is that, I think it's Samantha Mumba, although she's playing someone else, it's like this singer that he's discovered, and she does the opening for an Aerosmith gig, and all the Aerosmith fans l- love her. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure, even if she was going to do well, Aerosmith are not going to go nuts with this. Um, and the other one's Pulp Fiction so I have seen one Quentin Tarantino well, I've seen two Quentin Tarantino films but one with Uma Thurman uh, which I guess by process of elimination is my favourite of these films yep fair enough uh, I watched Kill Bill 1 and 2 uh, which is quite fun to be fair um, Quentin Tarantino gets a lot of influence from like Japanese manga and anime and, and lots of influences everywhere it's, uh, uh, it's if you can get over like the blood mm. and gore which is quite fake at some po- points as well but it's, it's quite fun um, I've also seen my super ex-girlfriend oh, yeah. with uh, <laughs> Luke Wilson plays uh, a, a guy who whose ex-girlfriend uh, Uma Thurman is a superhero which leads to some funny is that any, uh, is that any good? it's, it's okay. okay it's okay um, it, I wouldn't say it's bad but yeah if you've got nothing to watch why not give it a try, uh, give it a try. I've also seen Prime oh yes uh, Uma Thurman who has a psychologist a therapist uh, played by Meryl Streep and she found out that Uma Thurman is dating her son so alright yeah that's it not, not, not very memorable my favourite film is uh, Kill Bill 1 okay. and my least favourite film is Batman and Robin, Batman Robin. Well, we have talked to the death but I would just add I think I've said every time that Uma Thurman is the worst thing in that film for me in a film of quite a lot of bad stuff I think she's utterly terrible in that film <sighs> Uh, but one of my predictions for this year is that uh, Anya Taylor-Joy will be cast as I said as a comic book character but Poison Ivy I think she'd be great as so um, that she, should be wonderful um, certainly she'd be better than Uma Thurman was uh, there you go that was quick uh, next time we are doing Look Back in Oscar where we look back at a, a pic- best picture Oscar winning film what's it going to be next time Vision? Have we discussed this? We have. It's going to be Rain Man. Oh, yes, Rain Man, yes. Rain Man. I've not uh, seen Rain Man, you know. Uh, it will surprise no one to learn that I have, um, starring Tom Cruise Tom and Cruise. Oscar winner Dustin Hoffman. Uh, we finish, though, uh, as we always do on the quiz segment, where I suggest the films of Oliver Stone, and only today discovered he's made 
absolute flipping stacks room. Why do you have to do this <laughs> every single time? Is yours is a, uh, this is this still does not beat original films in Netflix? That's yeah. that was a. I like yeah. some, I like a wide scope. It means that I just give up on research immediately. Uh, let me kick us off season by asking you which film um, of his was co-written by Ron Kovic uh, alongside Oliver Stone. Uh, I have no idea now. Uh, oh, I know. Because obviously this the one the film is based on, I'm Born on the 4th of July. That's correct. Uh, question one. In the hand, what was the profession of the main protagonist who loses his hand, which in turn goes on a murder spree? Oh, I, I read some of the plot on this, but I think I only read the, en- the, the end of the plot line. Um, it sounded weird. Um, so I'm not sure I got the... Um, what his job actually was. So I'm going to say dentist. <laughs> there are a lot of killer dentists out there. You watch Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's not his comic book artist. Okay. Uh, which uh, of his films has got a story by credit for Quentin Tarantino? Um, yeah, I've seen this as well. Oh no, I can't remember the name of this film. This is the one with uh, the two... Two, two killers, right? Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers, very good. I've not seen it, but I was in a quiz a while ago, a long time ago now, um, where I think they give them some actors and the initials of the film, and they, I think Robert Downey Jr., NBK, and I was like, never been kissed? That's the only film I can think of. <laughs> uh, so I imagine it's a very different kind of film. Um, which British actor played Lee Harvey Oswald in JFK? I've seen this. Yeah, I know. That's why I asked you this. Oh, I do know this. Oh, man. That's going to bug me so much because I can't think of it on a, as soon as you say it. Oh, it's um, Gary Oldman. That's correct. I'm surprised that there's no one who played JFK in the film, right? Is that correct? I was going through the uh, list I think it might be archive footage, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's all about the um, the aftermath of the of dying. Question three. Which film got a director's cut in 2005, a final cut in 2007, and an ultimate cut in 2013? What? What film deserves three cuts? <laughs> I've definitely not watched this. That was in, addition, be, in addition to its regular cut. Um, it has to be either Platoon or Wall Street, I have to say. Give me a second. It can't be... I don't think it's Platoon, right? Like... We've not watched Platoon before, have we, for a look back at Oscar? There you Colin. I don't think so. I, I have seen it, but I think... Um, I'm going to go for Wall Street, Colin. Go uh, no, the, the other reason you do lots of cuts is if people keep not watching it. Uh, and the answer is oh. Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that threw me off. That, that, that's a good question. Yeah, I like that. Um, this is a quite a long one, sorry. Okay. Um, when Oliver Stone wrote the first draft of Platoon, to whom did he send it to, hoping that they would play the part of Chris? This person was eventually found dead, and Stone directed another movie based on this person's life. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. I don't think uh, he would have sent it to Richard Nixon. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, he did, he did film at the doors. Is it, is it Jim Morrison? It is Jim Morrison. Wow. It's good trivia, right? Yeah, I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, question four. Who did Tandaway Newton uh, play in Dubya, uh, the film about George W. Bush? Tandaway Newton is, is what 
was previously known as Tandy Newton. I'm surprised there's Tandy Newton in that film. Is it Condoleezza Rice? It is Condoleezza Rice. Nice. Well, that was my, that was really me testing your knowledge of the Bush administration. Or yeah, else. you have it in. Uh, and lucky for you, I recently watched uh, Only Connect where Condoleezza Rice was <laughs> right. the answers. Um, question four. Which three acting brothers appear in Born on the 4th of July, although they do not share any screen time? Uh, you can give me a last name. Yeah, again, I have seen this. Yeah, I know there's some cruise in it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's the Cruise Brothers. Um, my best guess is the Baldwin Brothers. That's correct. The Baldwin yeah. Brothers. Are I know that Alex Baldwin's done a few films from. Uh, oh, three all going into the last question. Um, or the last question each. Uh, question five for you. According to Gordon Gecko in the film Wall Street, what is for wimps? Ah. Oh. I've not seen Wall Street. I know the other quote because I just read it as well. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, these, this is quite a fairly famous quote. Probably not as famous as uh, greed, greed for lack of a better word, is good. good you know, yeah. Greed is good, but still uh, pretty famous. Uh, well, can you repeat the quote again? Uh, what is for wimps? Ah, uh, no. <sighs> Losing. I know it's not uh, so bad. Lunch. Ha, ha, of course. Mm. And my last question for you, Colin, if you win, get this, you win this quiz. Mm. It's about Wall Street as well. Okay. It's the only film to date to have won both an Oscar and a Razzie. What were they? It's the only film to have won an Oscar and a Razzie? Yep. Or for the same thing or just in general? In general. I've is Googled it. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I think the Oscar was for Best Actor for Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Razzie. I'd. S- this could be a personal, um, personal view, but I would give it to uh, as a best supporting actress for Daryl Hannah. Yep, you're correct. Worst supporting <laughs> actress for <laughs> Daryl Hannah. Awesome. Well, I, I I came back from two down to win that one. Um, thank you, Zijan, for asking almost exclusively about films I've seen. That was very good of you. I know, and you've asked none of them because I've not seen any of it. Right? Films. Have you not? Oh well. Um, well, we've gone way over time. I'm going to edit this down. Uh, what are we quizzing on next time, Zijan? Uh, I don't know where we're done this, but the films of Tom Hooper. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell. So let's do that. And what is our main topic for next time? Free Guy, which we are two weeks late. It's out today as well. It's our new, our new thing is being two weeks late. <laughs> That's a, uh, but we will see you then. Bye.